0: Thank you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast, where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Strucker.
1: Chances are, like me, you've stayed in a hotel room and you've looked at that hotel bed, and you were absolutely certain that's the most comfortable bed I think I've ever seen. I can't wait to fall into bed tonight. I can't wait to curl up under the covers. This bed looks like it is a cloud of uniform unicorn kisses. I'm going to sleep like a prince or a princess tonight. And then you curled up in bed, and sure enough, it was soft and it was comfy. And then when you woke up in the morning... You were tired and achy and there was something wrong with your neck and you're like, what just happened to this bed last night? It was perfect when I went to sleep and when I woke up in the morning, I feel miserable. It feels like I slept on a factory floor. Maybe you've had that experience like I've had that experience. Chances are what you saw and what you were looking at wasn't what you were used to and it basically deceived you. And today, we're going to cover, I think, one of the most often used verses in the Bible. If you go to university campuses all over the world, totally pagan schools with absolutely nothing Christian about them, you will see etched in stone the words that we're going to look at today. You go to courthouses around the world. There's nothing Christian going on in those courthouses, but they will put carved in marble these words, the truth will set you free. And the Bible is going to describe this relationship between truth and freedom for us today. It's very vividly described in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 27 verse 6 says it this way, The wounds of a faithful friend are better for you and for your soul than the kisses of an enemy. And here's why those kisses from an enemy, as sweet as those words sound, they're not really true. And they're going to leave you disappointed. So I want you to know where we're going to go with the Bible today. I'll just kind of give you the entire sermon right up front. Here's the truth. It is better to sleep on a bed of hard truth, as difficult as it is to hear. It's better to hear hard truth than it is to lay down on a bed of soft lies, because those lies are deceiving you. And In this passage today, Jesus is going to deal with a crowd of people, and he's just going to get real honest with them about the truth. And I tell you, some people are going to get their feelings hurt by what Jesus says to them today, but for others in the crowd, they get set free and i really hope that somebody's tuned in and watching this broadcast online and today is the day that you get set free i hope for every believer myself included you remind or you remember today what this freedom is that jesus offered you that no prison doors no circumstances can possibly hold the child of God back. We're just studying naturally through the Bible. We're in John chapter 8 today. If you're new to our service and you don't own a Bible, we've got some free copies of the Bible. They're right out there on the table on the way out. Just grab one of these on the way out. If you're watching online, I got a free copy of the Bible. It's called our mobile app, so why don't you just go ahead and follow along in our mobile app with what you're going to hear today. We're gonna start in John chapter eight. We're gonna begin in verse 30. But what I really want you to hear right out of the gate as this conversation starts between Jesus and a group of people in Jerusalem, a lot of religious leaders, let's just call them hypocrites because that's what they are. As this conversation begins today, Jesus starts talking to them about truth. And what he's trying to do is set captives free. And I want you to hear that truth is a key. It is the key, not a key. It is the key that unlocks all prison doors, whatever it is that you're struggling with. You cannot find the way out without going through truth. There may be 15 other things that you need to figure your way out of a problem, but I promise you, you're not going to figure your way out. You won't make it to the other side unless you face hard truth. And that's what Jesus is doing with people in this crowd today. Let's see what he has to say. John chapter 8, starting in verse 30. As he, Jesus, was saying these things, many believed in him. Now, pause. Let's look at chronology for just a second. Because you may miss the next sentence if you don't understand. Jesus is teaching. He's teaching his message about how to become a son or a daughter of the king... And many hear what he has to say, first thing that the Bible says today. They believe in what he has to say, next thing that the Bible says. And then listen to this very next verse. This is the verse etched in stone all over the world. John chapter 8 says this. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed, already believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you really are my disciples. And then, and I'm going to add this, then and only then will you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Did you see the chronology here? People have already heard. They've already started to believe. They prayed a prayer. They walked down an aisle, and Jesus says, hey, listen, it doesn't stop right there. When you continue in my word, if you continue doing my commands and following my words, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And people were confused. And so here's their response to Jesus. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him. And we've never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? And it's obvious by this point that there's some confusion about the freedom that Jesus is describing and the freedom that they're trying to figure out today. Now, the chronology doesn't let you miss this. Jesus has been on the scene. Jesus has been sharing his message. He has been offering people freedom. And some in the crowd are starting to hear what he has to say and starting to believe it. But there's a group of people in the crowd that can't hear it. Literally, from the Bible, cannot hear what Jesus has to say today because something is blocking it. And in fact, he's going to tell you before we're done today why they can't hear the truth because they've been listening to lies for so long and so often that those lies are preventing them from ever really facing the truth. And Jesus is on the scene to set people free from themselves, the only one who can set people free from themselves. And now you have a little bit of a disconnect. When they hear freedom, they immediately thank Abraham. Because in Jesus' day, your status in society, your role in the community was all based on your direct lineage to Abraham, the father of the faith. Like 23 and me had nothing on the way that the Jews lived in Jesus' day. And when he says set free, they're like, hold on just a second. We have direct lineage from Abraham. The father of the Jewish nation, the father of the faith. How can you say that we need to be set free? You guys can see what's going on here, right? They're talking about status in society. And Jesus is talking about spiritual status, spiritual freedom. Basically saying, I could give a fly and rip about your societal freedom. I'm here to set you free at the soul level and your relationship to Abraham doesn't make a bit of difference. All of us, every single human being on the planet, needs to be set free at the soul level from yourself. Not long ago, I had a chance to talk to former NFL quarterback, Tom Flick, and Flick made this statement about how incredibly freeing it is, listen to this, to learn that you're a sinner, and your life is a mess. And that's the moment where you're now in a good place where you can really hear the truth. In fact, it's easier for you to hear what he has to say straight from him. So let me show you what Tom Flick has to say about seeing being set free from yourself.
0: Back to Seattle. And while there, a friend said, hey, um, haven't seen you a long time. I'm going to a Bible study. You want to join? And I said, yeah, but you know, I'm not... You know, I'm spiritual enough. I was raised, you know, I went to church as a kid. I don't I don't cuss that often, and I don't smoke or drink. So, you know, I'm good enough, but I'll come just to see you. That was kind uh-huh. of the, the, the way my brain was working. And I went there, and I heard the, this guy share the gospel for the first time. Uh, the gospel means good news, and, man, it was good news for me because he shared about uh, the life of Jesus. Now, Jesus loves me more than i could even love myself and that jesus wanted to give me an abundant life which means a value worth side of life not an image performance side of life and and that he died for my sin and 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 i in the midst of 35 people i never had met before in my life i raised my hand and said hey i've got an issue i've got a, I have a question huh? and the guy goes what is it and by the way what's your name and I said, what's, what's your question tom and i said by what you're saying, I'm a, uh, I'm broken in some way, shape, or form. And how do I get fixed is what I said. And he said, come on up here. And I went up. And he said, uh, you've been living your life for yourself. I said, essentially, yeah, I get that. And he says, well, you need to repent. It's a Christian word. But what it means is just you turn eternal 180. You just go the opposite direction. You go towards God instead of towards yourself and all your desires of your heart all right, and so I asked God to come in my heart, and instantaneously, I felt the pressure of the world leave me. Literally, I just said, Lord, I, I'm, and by the way, it's, I'll just say this. It's a wonderful day when you realize you're a sinner. You know why it is? Because then, until that time, you don't realize you need a Savior. We all need one, yeah. but you don't realize it. Right. When you realize you need one, and there is one, man, you just go, this is great news, yeah. and God washed me clean. I think that's the best thing. He didn't make yeah. me perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I still stumble and and fall but he's my father heavenly father so back to seattle and while there a friend said hey um haven't seen you All in a right. long time i'm hey, going to Hey i the just want to study. point one- out in
1: this video that i'm wearing an atlanta falcons shirt that's the true test of fanhood right now so listen no one has really achieved more in sports in america than being a quarterback in the nfl and Tom Flick has made it all the way to this level. He's been in the league for years when he goes to this Bible study and describes this moment that he's telling about. And every, every aspect of his life, he has been judged by who he is and how he performs on a field. Listen. Listen. You are being fed millions of little lies. And by themselves, they're innocent and they're really not that harmful. But when one after another after another starts to barrage you, it becomes almost impossible to ignore those little lies. You're being fed the same lies that Tom Flick was fed. And those lies are, you're special if you perform well. You're special if you're smart. Or you're special if you're beautiful. Or you're special if you can run fast, or if you can throw a ball, or if you're successful. Those are the things that make you special. And those lies are trying to define your worth by what you do instead of who you are. And there's a moment when Tom Flick felt the pressure of the world on him to perform on a football field, and he realized no matter how good I am at sports, it doesn't make me special. I am a sinner in need of rescue. And in his own words, he says, it's a great day when you realize just how much of a mess you are, because that's the first step to figuring out the truth and being set free. And Jesus is trying to set people free today. And I am begging you, believer, don't listen to the million little lies that tell you your worth and your value are in what you do. Know your worth and your value are spelled out on the cross in blood and by a broken body. And that alone tells you just how special you are. Second, let's pick the story up where Jesus leaves off. And really what he's doing today is he's using truth like a mirror to reflect what you see about yourself. But some people in the crowd are trying to turn Jesus' words against him. These hypocrites in the crowd are using truth as a window to point their finger at somebody else. And y'all, we have all been around hypocrites who like to use the truth against you, but they don't apply it to their own lives. For them, truth is a, a window, not a mirror. So listen to how Jesus deals with these religious hypocrites, starting in verse 34. Jesus responded, truly, I tell you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. Say the word slave out loud. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does. And the son of God comes directly from the household of God. But a son does remain forever. So if, and I would like to add in parentheses to the Bible, only if the son sets you free, you will really be free. I know you're descendants of Abraham, but you're trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father, capital F. So then you do what you have heard from your father, lowercase f. Jesus is dealing with their hearts right now, and he's getting really honest with them. All hypocrites try to apply truth to your life for you, but they struggle applying it to their own life. And Jesus is using this analogy of truth, and he's treating it like a mirror so that we would look in the mirror and we would see what's true inside of us, not trying to force that on somebody else. He says... My words don't have any place among you because you can't hear it. And the reason why you religious hypocrites can't hear it is because you've been listening to lies so long that those lies have pushed out any ability to hear the truth. You see, a slave commits a sin. Jesus is doing a play on words here. When he says commits um, or slave, he's using a past tense incident Carries with you today and forever. That's the verb language, or that's the word of speech language that Jesus is using. You committed a sin in the past, just one sin, one time, and that sin plunged you into slavery, and you can't find your way out. Look, somebody has to step in and deliver you from prison, rescue you from slavery. You can't deliver yourself from prison. And so Jesus is declaring, I'm coming to set captives free, deliver you from slavery, to set you free from prison. One incident in the past carries with you today. But one incident today will go back and undo everything that's happened to you in the past. When the sun sets you free, present tense, you will be free indeed. Uh, When the sun sets you free, future tense, you will be free indeed today and forever forever. And that's what he's offering people today. But unfortunately, many of them can't hear it. They can't hear it because they're so focused on other people that they can't see what's going on in their own lives. You want to know how you can identify a hypocrite? It's by the way that they start the sentence. If she really was a Christian, she would never, doesn't matter what they fill in next. If he really calls himself a believer, he wouldn't dare do. And whatever they fill in next, you can tell that they're using the truth like a weapon, like a window to examine what's going on in your heart. But I want you to notice something. When the exact same thing happens in their life, here's what they say. You know what? I'm just human we all are sinners and we all have problems. Yeah, you're criticizing somebody else for the very thing that you're doing and you condemn them for it, but you want grace in your life when you do it. That's the definition of a hypocrite. And that's what Jesus is dealing with today. And y'all, when I hear Jesus' words, I'm just gonna stand up in front of you and tell you, I am a sinner in desperate need of God's grace. And so when I hear his, thank you for saying I'm amen to the fact that I'm a sinner, um, When I hear his words today, I start to use it like a mirror to my soul. And I start to realize, man, when I examine the motives of my soul and compare those to Jesus like a mirror his truth, I start to see there's a really big difference between the motives of my soul And the motives that I see in Jesus, when I start to hear my words and what they are and why I'm using those words and compare those to Jesus, using truth like a mirror, I start to see there's a big disconnect between where I am and where he is. I start to look at my actions and how I'm supposed to act, or what I'm not supposed to do, and compare that to the actions of Jesus, I cannot miss the fact that I am a long way from where I should be, where he wants me to be. And when I hear the truth of Jesus today, I'm saying, God, I need you to use that truth like a scalpel in my soul to cut out what doesn't need to be there. I wouldn't dare try to use it like shrapnel in your life. Because there's enough junk in my soul to deal with. I don't even have time to start to deal with the junk that's going on in your life. And apparently, these religious leaders couldn't hear it. Because they've been listening to the lies for so long. And unfortunately, some friends of yours or people that you know are exactly like these religious hypocrites that Jesus is dealing with today. Who cannot, not will not, but cannot hear the truth. Because the lies have been so loud for so long, that's all that they can hear. Because the truth is, we all know this, the truth hurts. Sometimes truth, when it comes from a friend who really loves you and says something you don't want to hurt, hear, it hurts really bad. But lies will ultimately kill. And I just kind of wonder, how many of you would, ever, would rather have a friend who would tell you the hard truth as difficult as it is for you to hear than who would tell you a lie knowing that it's not the truth. How many of you want that kind of friend? Because the truth hurts. It hurts me like it does you. But lies lead to death. Ultimately, eternal death is what Jesus is describing today. Here's how this conversation ends between Jesus and these religious hypocrites. Our father is Abraham, they replied. Pause. The New Testament tells us Abraham believed God, and then it was credited to him as righteousness. And they're saying, we have direct lineage to Abraham, the founder of the faith, and Jesus is going to just blow up that argument by saying, what made Abraham the father of the faith is his belief. And the way that you're conducting yourself and the way that Abraham conducted himself is polar opposites. Our father is Abraham, they replied. And Jesus says, if you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, you would do what Abraham did. But now you're trying to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham didn't do what you guys are trying to, what you jokers are trying to do. That's Jeff's translation here. You're doing what your father does. And now it gets personal. Personal. We weren't born of sexual immorality, they said. Say your mama out loud. That's exactly what they just did to Jesus. When he starts to get honest with them and starts to hit a nerve, they say, your mama. We have one father, God. And Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I came from God and I am here. For I did not come on my own. But he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Here it is because you cannot listen to my word. You are your father's, uh, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he tells a lie, He speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of all lies. Ultimately, every lie at its essence goes back to the first lie in the garden and our temptation to believe half-truths and full lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Jesus is trying to deal with these religious leaders, and when he starts to hit a nerve, they get so angry that they, in Jesus' vernacular, say, your mama in his day there was a lie that was spread around israel about the birth of messiah the shepherds the people that saw it and heard the stories believed this virgin really did have a baby and it must be the work of god because virgins can't have babies and some of the religious leaders to stop that word from spreading declared that mary actually had a sexual relationship with a roman officer or a roman soldier and it is trying to hide the illicit affair from a roman that she delivered this birth and lied to everybody about having a baby that's essentially what they're saying jesus we know what your mama did the rumors all over town about your mama And Jesus is a much better man than I am because when you say my mama, I thought that automatically meant we have to get into a fist fight now. I don't even want to, but we have to because you just brought my mama into it. And what Jesus does is incredibly generous. He says, okay, you wanna talk about my mama? Let's talk about your daddy, the devil. Because those lies that you're spreading about me and about my mama ultimately come from the source of all lies. They ultimately come from the devil. I came from the Father in heaven, and I'm trying to set you free, but you cannot hear it. And you cannot hear it because you've heard lies for so long that you can't even recognize the truth when I tell you the truth. And I'm trying to set you free, but you've been hearing lies that being a good person is going to get you into heaven. That by doing some religious religious ritual at the temple in Jerusalem, you're going to heaven. And you cannot see. And this is the real tragedy of this whole passage. The Son of God is standing in your very midst. And you can't even recognize Him. Because you've been hearing lies and believing lies for so long that you've completely missed it. And you've missed the fact That I am here to set you free, and I'm here to set you free at the soul level. And they can't hear it because they've missed it. Because what they would inevitably have to be confronted with is what every Christian in history has had to be confronted with. My sin is so terrible that there's no amount of giving money in that offering box when I walk out the door that can make it go away. My sin is so offensive to a holy God that I can't pray hard enough. I can't read my Bible enough. I can't help little old ladies across the street enough. I can't go to church enough to make that stuff go away. I am enslaved by this sin that I was born into. And I've contributed to it by my actions, my thoughts, and my attitudes. And what I need... Somebody to set me free. And from the beginning of this week, when I started working on this sermon, I started praying, God, would you deliver somebody? who is a slave to sin today, somebody who doesn't know your son Jesus for the first time, would you show them that only through the blood of a perfect sacrifice, the sinless son of God, can they be made free, that he was willing to give his body up in exchange for their sin to purchase them and to make them right. That was my first prayer for us. But my second prayer was that we would never give in to the million little lies that are trying to tell you you're valuable, you're special because you do good things or because you're pretty or because you're smart or because you're successful. Those lies lead people straight to hell. Now, what I've been praying is over these next steps that somebody today would say, I need to be set free from the first time. And if that's you, I'm gonna pray for you in just a second. But for every Christian in this room, I've been praying God would drive us back to our knees and back to his gospel. And we would say once again, I need the Holy Spirit to remind me tomorrow morning when I get up of my identity in with God, my need for the gospel, my need for that blood and my need for his body, because I can't possibly be worthy or good enough on my own. Really, I've been praying that this last thing would be the prayer of all of his saints this week, that you will pursue God's truth about you and about your problems or your situation in every circumstance that you face this week. That's my prayer for you. We hope you enjoyed
0: this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.